Hi, this is Meredith Cruz from Our Love Language is Food, and you're listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, food bloggers, are you ready to accomplish your 2023 goals faster than you ever thought possible? If you are nodding your head yes right now, the eBlog Talk Mastermind program might be a great fit for you. We are now accepting applications for 2023, and I will let you in on a little secret. If you sign up before the end of November 2022, you can lock in at the current pricing. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind for more information and to apply. Brittany and Terrence are the awesome blogging duo behind plantpowercouple.com. And here they are talking about how the mastermind program can massively boost your confidence and how this can so positively impact your business. If you feel isolated, if you feel like one of the main things that's holding you back in business is like your own struggle with believing in yourself and your own struggle with believing that you can do this, I think you need to do it. I think it's the biggest thing that can change your your, the trajectory of your business and your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not just, yes, you learn these things, but you gain a sense of community and support and just like accountability. And you start to believe in yourself more and you start to be able to like borrow these other people's belief in yourself so that you can build yourself up while you're getting there. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I'm your host, Megan Porta, and you're listening to episode number 368. I have Meredith Cruz with me today. She is going to talk about 10 strategies for sustainable side hustling. Meredith is the photographer, recipe developer, and voice behind Our Love Language is Food. She's also a mom to a very energetic toddler and works full-time in the commercial construction industry in addition to her food and photography business. She grew up in a tight-knit family in the Midwest, so many of her favorite memories were made around a big table, sharing food that everyone helped to prepare. She started Our Love Language is Food to help aspiring cooks and bakers feel confident in the kitchen so they can bring these types of experiences into their home too. 2022 has been a big year for her side gig. Meredith has turned her passion for food and photography into a thriving side hustle, booking client work equal to nearly half the value of her day job salary by mid-year 2022. That's amazing. Nice work, Meredith. Thank you. So happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us at Eat Blog Talk today. Thanks for having me, Megan. It's an honor to be on. I've listened to probably all of the episodes, so it's really fun to be here. Yay! And I actually got to meet and hug you in person last year at Tastemaker, which makes it even more cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun It's fun to see you again here. I know. Okay, I'm super excited about this topic because it's not one that we talk about a lot. A lot of people are like, I need to make this a full-time gig, and that's kind of the theme in our industry. So talking about it as a side hustle, I think, is really valuable. But we want to hear first what your fun fact is. Sure. So I was trying to think of a fun fact that's like applicable to our foodie niche because I have a lot of like quirks. So I could tell you all kinds of funny things about me. But one thing that goes along with um, my food journey is that I spent a decade as a vegetarian. So I went, you know, progressively back into eating meat. So vegetarian and pescatarian. And now my husband is quite happy that there's meat back in our diet. But yeah, it was fun. And we still eat a lot of meatless meals. I share some of those as well. I'm pretty passionate about eating meatless at least part of the time. And so if that's something you're interested in, I'm happy to talk about it offline if anyone has questions about being a vegetarian. Yeah. And I feel like the progression is usually different. Like it goes from the opposite. Like you meet, you eat meat your whole life and then you dive into being a vegetarian. I have a good friend of mine who just did that as well. I hadn't seen her in years and I just saw her the other night and I was, we ordered nachos and there was chicken on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And she's like, oh yeah, I I eat meat now. And I was like, whoa, I just never, I don't know. That's not really typical. Do you find that? Yeah, I think everyone's a little bit different. So, I mean, I stopped eating meat in college because I lived in a house with a whole bunch of girls and we did weekly meals together. And one was vegetarian. One of my roommates was vegetarian and one of my roommates was gluten-free. So trying to cook for our whole house where you can accommodate everyone was kind of interesting and a fun challenge. And then I kind of talked to my roommate about it and decided to try it. And then it stuck for 10 years. And then it kind of, for me, it backed off. Just I I wanted to kind of change up my health routine. And when we were trying to have our daughter, had some challenges and incorporating lean proteins back into my diet was helpful for me. 
Yeah. And it's so delicious. I mean, I do love chicken. If that's your thing. Oh gosh, me too. Fish and chicken and a good yummy burger. Okay. Well, anyway, (laughs) thanks for sharing that. That was really fun to learn about you that I did not know that. So let's talk about your side hustling. And I know you have 10 strategies to talk through how to make side hustling sustainable and work for you. If that's, if you do have a job that you love and you don't necessarily want it to be blogging to be a full-time thing. You don't have to. But first, I would love to hear just kind of your journey as a mom and working full-time and how you got to this point where you're just okay with having food blogging being a side hustle. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on to talk about this. Like you mentioned, I feel like in this space, you almost feel like you have to be full-time to be successful. And I don't think that's necessarily true. There's just a lot to say for side hustling. If you decide, you know, and eventually you do want to go full time, that's totally wonderful and exciting for you. But as you embrace the side hustle to start, it's a great time to build your audience, to build your portfolio and increase page views while, you know, while you're building your brand. And then you can choose from there if you want to diverge into full time or stay as a side hustle because maybe you love your career. And another thing I wanted to say before we kind of dig into all our strategies, I think keeping it as a side hustle might help keep that passion alive because you have other things you're focusing on. So it gives you time to morph your business and grow organically. You're not rushing. You're not forcing anything because you feel like you have to. I think that's just something really cool to say for side hustling. And then obviously there's the financial side of side hustling. So as you grow your business and start bringing in income, there's a lot of cool things you can do with that because you already have that base structure of an income for your family and your lifestyle. So this can be, you know, side hustling can be a wonderful way to build savings or pay off your debt. That's something my husband and I are very passionate about or having fun money for you and your family. So you can plan trips and do really fun things or using the money you're making to reinvest in your business and take courses or join masterminds or go to Tastemaker because you have, uh, you know, your baseline again of income. So you can use this for like bigger ticket items. Yeah, those are great points. I think the point you made about removing pressure is huge too, because we all feel that even if we are an established blog from season to season, it can vary so much with like what revenue you're bringing in and your traffic and then a core update comes along and you're like, oh my gosh, like it doesn't matter what stage you're in, the pressure is always there. So I love your case. Like if you've got a reliable job outside of this, then the pressure is not as heavy. Yeah. And I've talked to some of my girlfriends who have recently made the jump to full-time or in the pandemic times, maybe lost their job or, you know, there were cuts. And so they made, you know, the best out of lemons, right? Made lemonade and decided to take businesses full-time. And I think one thing I've seen recurring from a couple of different friends who've maybe been in a situation where they they wanted to eventually go full-time, but kind of were forced to go full-time a little earlier, is that they wish they had, you know, had more savings or had grown their audiences more or been able to, you know, invest in those big ticket items like gear and courses before they took it full-time. Because then, you know, now they're worried about taxes and, you know, supplementing their income and that kind of thing. So I think it's just, there's a lot to say for being a side hustler, you know, in addition to doing full-time. And I think people can be really successful in whatever they want to do. Yeah. And you're here to represent the side hustle and it's it's not a bad thing, not a bad place to be, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you have some amazing points and strategies for other people who are listening, who just want to be encouraged by you and not feel that pressure. So why don't you talk through those? So what is your number one strategy? Yeah. So the number one I think you can do to make your side hustle sustainable is prioritizing tasks or platforms and giving yourself grace to not do all the things. I know it's hard to look at what everyone else is doing and feeling like you should do this or you should do that. You just need to get rid of shoulds in your life in general and just prioritize you know, what really matters to you. So for me, in my business, I prioritize my blog and my Instagram. You know, long-term strategy, I I want to get on Mediavine. I'm getting really close. So hopefully by the time this goes on, you know, maybe I'll be on there. But, you know, by focusing on those two platforms specifically, that gives me, you know, less pressure, weight off my shoulders that, hey, Pinterest, I've got that kind of automated. That's kind of working on itself. Awesome. Facebook, I can push a lot of stuff from Instagram there. Again, that just kind of happens organically. 
I don't have to worry about it too much. And then through Instagram, obviously, folks who side hustle are getting started in this space. Sponsor content is a great way to make money, especially as you're getting started. So right now, Instagram is where I make a lot of money or a lot of connections. So that's a good place for me to focus on. Yeah. So really like choosing your platforms, choosing where you want to be, and then trying to automate the rest or just ignoring the rest. Yeah. uh, TikTok is super half-hearted for me. I go on and recycle some of my reels there when I'm feeling like it or I remember. I know it's really worthwhile for a lot of people. So that might be a platform people want to focus on. And I know brands are getting more excited about TikTok. But for me, I just personally don't enjoy TikTok as much. So I, I don't spend too much time there. Eventually, maybe I will. And I I mean, I have a presence there, but it's not huge, right? Right. And I think that is something that a lot of us do. Like we know we have to be like we have to have an account basically. But as far as how much time you invest in it, it really can vary and things won't explode. TikTok is not going to like shut down because you don't log on in a couple of weeks. And that's okay. You can have an account and not show up every day or consistently, right? Right. Well, and you'll you'll find where your people are. So, you know, some some people have their community on Facebook. So that's, you know, if that's where your community is, that's where you should spend your time. For me, I've made a lot of friends. I, you know, have a lot of DM conversations going all the time in Instagram because I've made friends there. You know, I've made connections there. And that's just been a really good space for me. But if that's TikTok or Twitter, I don't know if anyone uses Twitter, but if they do, way to go. I don't know either. If you're out there, let me know. Every once in a while, I hear someone say, I found this on Twitter. I'm like, really? (laughs) Interesting. I've just never used Twitter, so I I did not focus on that for my blog either. Yeah, same. (laughs) And then also to go along with this, Meredith, is like having grace with yourself to not feel the pressure to do all the things and just... Being able to set some things down and being 100% okay with it. Yeah. And I think, especially as you're getting started, I know you might have more new bloggers or, you know, newer people into the foodie space listening. It's really hard to not feel like you have to do all the things when you get started because, you know, you just, you want to be up to snuff with everybody else, but everyone else has their own journeys and we'll talk about that later. What you need to do is do something that continues to make this fun for you and something that you can keep doing. Because if you are burning yourself out trying to be everywhere all the time, you're not going to have that fun passion part of it, which is probably why you started. And that's going to come through in your content too. Like if you're just trying to push out all this content, unless you're magic and you don't need sleep, <laughs> like you're, you know, it's going to show up in your content too that it's rushed or that you can tell when people aren't feeling creative, right? And eventually that catches up with you and not just shining through in your content, but like showing up for you, like you burn out and then you want to quit and then you leave your blog or you leave a platform. So yeah, just kind of avoiding that altogether, that whole mess. Yeah, exactly. All right. Tell us what strategy number two is. Sure. Setting realistic goals. So this goes along with your priorities. So once you've figured out your priorities, giving yourself Realistic goals that you can hit so you feel accomplished is huge. So for me, my realistic goal is to publish one new blog post every week. Sometimes I publish three and then I feel like a superhero and it's amazing. But having a realistic goal where I'm like, I know I can get one out every week and I can beat that goal and feel really awesome when I do. But not setting myself up for feeling like I'm failing by saying, hey, I have to get three posts out a week, and they have to go out Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 10 a.m. You know, like if you're overstructuring and I don't want to say dreaming too big because I want you to dream big, but if you're not setting yourself up for success, you're going to feel that. And again, it's going to start weighing on you. So Disappointment, right? It'll lead yeah. to disappointment. Right. And I, I love when I beat my goals. And I'm like, yeah, I published two posts this week. I feel amazing. Yeah, And it's just you can set yourself up to win by setting goals that are achievable and bite-sized and fit into what your life is now. Yeah, I think that's so smart. That goes along with my one of my favorite books ever that I talk about all the time, Atomic Habits. And yeah. he talks about that. Like if you're going to create a new habit and set yourself up for success, you need to find the bare minimum thing that you can accomplish regularly and do that. And then that's like you've met your goal. And if you, like you, what you were saying about on the weeks when you can do three, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a rock star. Amazing. But that's like above and beyond. That's like icing on the cake. But if you can do your 
bare minimum goals all the time, then you're successful. Yeah, exactly. And there's no, you know, written method to having the best blog ever, right? So no (laughs) no one's telling you you have to publish seven recipes a week, you you know, like everyone's going to grow in their own time. Your everyone's audience is different. So you're going to reach your big, awesome dream end goal when you're meant to, right? And if you can beat your goals along the way and feel accomplished and positive and excited, that's going to shine through and you're going to have more fun doing it. And if you're having fun, you're more likely to stick with it. Oh, I love that. And if you never can even reach the goals you set for yourself, then you're never going to feel accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. So I think why, you know, really focusing on what is realistic for me is really important. And I, I know, I think when I started, I way over, you know, overextended myself, set myself up not to fail, but not to meet my goals. And that didn't feel good. So if you can actually take the time to sit with yourself and write out what you know you can do, you can add more in and you can beat those goals as you go. Yeah. And do you feel like sometimes that just requires time, like just experiencing it and then tweaking as you go? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's great to reassess. You know, I know some people will do quarterly check-ins or, you know, at the end of each week, I think you have a weekly checklist that you have for yourself. You know, check in. Did you meet your goals? And if if you're seeing every week you don't hit this one goal, you need to actually have a, you know, real, you know, come to Jesus with yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> is this really a priority, right? Did we, are right. we not prioritizing this? And is it really a goal still, right? Right. Why is this on my list every week, month after month? <laughs> yeah. And if, if it's not a priority, take it off. Yeah. You don't need to look at that checkbox. That's fine. Yes, Meredith just gave you permission to remove it if, if it's a consistent recurring non-met goal, unmet goal. Okay, that is an awesome one. I love that. So what is strategy number three? I think this one is maybe a little harder one to swallow, but recognizing that sacrifices will be required if you're trying to add something new to your life, right? So if you want to add a business that takes 20 hours of your time every week, what 20 hours of stuff that you've been doing, are you not going to do? Or are you going to deprioritize to now prioritize your business? You know, if you're working full-time or you're a stay-at-home parent who's parenting full-time, you know, you're likely working nights and weekends or in those gaps. So if you're a mom, maybe there's nap time. I wish my kid had a consistent nap time. (laughs) I miss those. (laughs) I know, I miss those too. (laughs) Those were so great. (laughs) But you know, something's got to give. So is that, do you not go out to, Tuesday night tacos with your girlfriends because you're going to work? Or, you know, are you going to do half hour exercise routines instead of two hour exercise routines at the gym? Or, you, you know, like what what is going to shift in your life to accommodate this? And I, I think as you grow in your business, you're going to become more proficient and things will pick up. And maybe, you know, those things that you have to sacrifice will change or they can come back or you can add them back into your life. But you also need to be, you know, upfront with yourself too. So, you know, for me, oftentimes I'm sitting with my husband and, you know, watching TV and working, right? So I can type while we watch the Great British Baking Show or, you know, whatever we're binging at that time, right? But, you know, we don't have game nights as often as we used to. And he's super supportive about it. And some weeks we just say, hey, you know, we just need time together and we're going to put the computers away. But, you know, that that's something we sacrifice so that we can build this business together, right? Yeah, and to be on the same page, I think is so important. I have a supportive husband as well, and I always say, thank God, I don't know what I would do if he, well, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at, honestly, if he weren't supportive of just what you're saying. Like sometimes at night I have to open my laptop and he just sees the bigger picture along with me. And I think that's another piece of that is, communicating with your spouse or friends or whoever you're sacrificing your time, you know, with like, what is your end goal? What is your big dream that you're trying to accomplish so that it's not just like, oh, Meredith is opening her computer again. You know, like he knows what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's an awesome point. I think communicating with your friends and family is so, so important especially when you're getting started too, like, and people are like, oh, how's your cute little blog doing, yeah. right? <laughs> I still get that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like 10 years later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, just like over-communicating. Like, this is really important to me. It's not just a cute little hobby. I'm trying to meet my Mediavine numbers, you know, like being really specific with your goals too and like what that means. So yeah, anything else about that before we move on to point number four? No, I think we hit that one pretty pretty well and it's just recognizing that, you know, things will shift as you build your business. Yep. Okay, what is strategy number four? Uh, I love this one. Only taking on projects that align with your brand and beliefs and that pay you money. If you have a full-time income, you do not need to do work for product. You do not need to take $100 jobs. You do not need to take a whole bunch of small paying gigs. Like you have you have a foundation of income to live your life. You don't have to take those crappy jobs. And I know that's contentious probably. No, it's not. <laughs> you, you know, like, you know, I don't think anyone should work for product. I mean, there's some you know, debate on that. And, you know, maybe if it's your dream brand or whatever, everyone has their priorities on that. But if you have a full-time income, you should, you know, price, price the time it's going to take to do a project. Like, you don't, again, I've done one job when I got started for a hundred bucks and it felt crappy. Yeah. And it just like, it's not fun to do that. So, you, you know, like really know your worth, know what your work is worth. Uh, know what value you're creating for others and get paid for it. Yeah. And that's goes back to the pressure. When you have another job, you don't have to. Like you said, you have the money baseline and you've got the confidence, like either take me or leave me, right? So people don't need to bargain with you because you're like, nope, I'm worth this and I don't need to work for free. So yeah, yeah. And I think uh, a couple of great resources for this um, you can follow their platforms and they have different programs if you're interested in that. But 10K under 10K, shares a ton of great oh, love them. information. Yeah, Kim and Chelsea are so fun. Yes. And The Confident Pitch, which is by Eat More Cake by Candace. I've actually done her pitching program. They're both fantastic. You can get a ton of free knowledge from them just on their platforms and on their email lists. And you can choose if you want to pursue more from them. But help them, you know, use them to help boost your confidence and know that your work is worth you know, all the time you put into it and you're, you're providing value. And I think that's something that's really cool with the side hustle is because it can empower you to say no more easily. I guess I say no pretty easily anyway, but yeah, you know, others don't. And I know there's a lot of pressure to make more, get more, build your portfolio, what, you know, whatever, but it's going to happen. You will land the brands that are aligned with you you know, don't take the low paying gigs because you feel like you have to because you don't have to. Yeah. And this kind of ties in with point number one. Mm-hmm. It goes back to like, if you don't want to do something, if you're not feeling a certain platform or tool or course or whatever everyone else is telling you you need to be doing, you don't need to. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> you can set your own, um, like determine your own life and path and just say no to the things that don't align. And you can have an extremely successful business without doing sponsored content. So right. if you aren't finding that, you know, it's aligning with what you want, I mean, you need to price yourself reasonably. You can't say, I need $1 million to do this <laughs> job, right? Come on. <laughs> right? There's good tools. Tastemaker has a great spreadsheet. So you can have a gut check that's free yes. on their website. But, you know, be in line with your peers. But you don't have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way. Yep. I've used him as an example in a handful of episodes. So he's probably like, thank you, Megan. But a blogger friend, Bob, he doesn't do social media like at all. He doesn't even have, I don't think he has an Instagram account and he is hugely successful. So I always go back to him. If he can do his business and run it successfully without an like Instagram account, oh my gosh, that's like permission for all of us to do just what we want and set down the things that we don't want. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And you know, maybe you want to be an influencer and you don't want to blog. That's totally okay. I know I, I know several girls who do that and they're killing it. Like they're making a ton of money just doing that, you know, the Instagram and TikTok because that's what they're passionate about. So you can really fit your business to what works for you. Right. Meredith is giving you permission to do that and set the things down that you don't really want to do. I guess we have to retitle this whole episode. Meredith gives you permission to do what's right for you. <laughs> Parentheses, permission for Meredith. 
What is strategy number five? I think this is just a good lesson for all of life, but don't compare your journey to anyone else's. And especially in the age of social media, that is so hard. But I would say 99% of what you see online is people's highlights real, right? Like you're just seeing the best of the best. You are, you know, you don't know any of their backstory unless it's a good personal friend, right? So it's it's not worth you losing sleep over because so-and-so is so much ahead of you. You don't know what is happening in the background. You don't know what they've sacrificed to get there. You don't know that they're in crazy debt, right? Like you, ha- you have no idea that beautiful mansion house that they have that you wish you had. They, you know, maybe they're house poor. You have no idea. So I think that's just something to remember, especially in this space where you see friends getting all these brand deals, maybe they're not getting paid what you would get paid, right? So you just got to kind of take everything with a grain of salt and cheer on your friends who are doing awesome and just do your thing. Taking a really quick break here to chat Rank IQ food bloggers. I just logged into Google Analytics and I took a few minutes to evaluate my top 200 URLs on my food blog from the past year. Here is the traffic I've gotten to my blog from new posts that I've published that came from keywords inside Rank IQ and that were also run through the Rank IQ optimizer. From the top 200 in one calendar year, my blog received 679,139 page views. Most of those posts were non-recipe posts that supported and lifted up my existing content. If you have a largish bank of quality recipe content on your blog, I would say anywhere over 100 recipes or so, this is a great strategy for getting a bunch of traffic quickly while also lifting up your existing recipes and sending the signal to the Google gods that you are a credible resource for the categories you write about. Go to rankiq.com to get started so you can kick off the new year with a plan. Now back to the episode. I think this is my favorite point so far, and it's so important. It's so easy, isn't it, to get in this space and look around for like five minutes and be like, oh my gosh, everyone is doing better than I am. I don't stand a chance. I hear that so much, Meredith. People are like, why would I think that I can come in here and make like make a name for myself when everyone else is better or making more money or yeah, like getting the better brand deals. But yeah, you, this point is amazing because you don't ever know what people are going through. You don't know their background. You don't know anything about what, what is behind those highlight reels. Yeah. And, and I mean, what you said is really going to tie into one of the points to talk about later about your mindset, because you know what, there is space for you. There is abundance you know, there's enough room for everyone and we'll, we'll come back there. But again, you can't compare yourself to what you see on somebody else. Yeah. And I think kind of a fun resource for this, for any book people out there, Love Your Life, Not Theirs by Rachel Cruz is a really relatable book. She's part of the Dave Ramsey family. So if you're into like nerdy budgeting stuff, she is actually his daughter. I find her more relatable and a he's kind of a brash person, but she's very nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And her book is very relatable. And and it specifically talks about this, you know, like you don't need to keep up with the Joneses to have a wonderful and amazing and, you know, beautiful life. And in fact, if you don't keep up with the Joneses, your life is more beautiful. I'll make that that statement. I believe that like, if you can keep your eyes in your own lane, like everything becomes more beautiful, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Love that point. Okay, what is strategy number six? Sure. Work efficiently. So I'm an engineer by trade. You've, you and I have had some coaching sessions together where you're like, yeah. wow, you're kind of freaky organized. That's just, how, <laughs> that's just how my brain works. But I think remembering, and this is something you learn as you go too, but every single recipe and piece of content you make can be used in multiple ways. So if you are, let's say you're making a pasta dish that you're shooting for your blog, you can get stills of that. Make sure you have your phone set up to capture some video. Take 10 minutes at the end to do a cute Scoopy picture, you know, like what, you know, whatever you have on your TikTok or Reels or what, you know, your platform. And then you can use that same one recipe for like 10 different things. So just making your content work for you and just remembering to do that. It's just going to help you, again, feel less stress, less pressure because you have this content. Yeah, you have to edit it 
and, you know, get it all set up, but at least you have it captured, right? And then you're really making the most out of that one session. And do you find, would you say that this is something you can kind of tweak as you go because you don't necessarily know like, oh, I want this angle for TikTok or this for reels. It's like something that evolves. Oh, totally. And I still forget to set up my phone sometimes. And I'm like, ah, shucks, you know, I can't believe I missed that one. Yeah. On that, you know, or like if I feel like I'm rushing because I'm trying to fit something in at, you know, an unpredictable nap time. <laughs> I'm just yes. like, oh, she's starving. <laughs> I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes I forget and that's fine, but I, I, I would try to work really hard to make each time I take be the most effective it can be. Yeah. Efficiency, I feel like, is everything in this business. And it's a constant process for me. I miss things all the time, too, where I'm like, oh, that was the best opportunity to get that or whatever. And it's never perfect, but it's like this ongoing goals, hashtag goals, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. You, you know, and some people really focus on time blocking. And if that helps you work efficiently, amazing. You know, like there's a lot of cool resources to teach you how to time block. I sort of get it, you know, you know, and I kind of do it, but that's not necessarily how my brain works. So whatever process that makes sense for you to, you know, add more efficiency into your blogging or your side hustle do it, you know, and try it. And if it doesn't work, you can shift it. Yeah. Batching too is a huge one for me. I get so much done batching. I know that's not for everyone. It doesn't like work for a lot of people's brains, but that's something to try. I always say like, at least try it because if it works for you, oh my gosh, the power in batching is insane. Can I ask what you usually batch that's helpful for you? Yeah. So right now I'm not cooking a lot, but when I was cooking a lot, I was batching. I would have these massive cooking baking days where I would bring in a videographer. She would film my recipe video content and we'd kick it out. Like we'd start at like 7 or 8 a.m. and just work until the sun went down and we would get so much done. I would do my photography all in those days. Kitchen cleanup, like everything got done that was related to cooking, photography, video, or filming. And then the rest of the time, we did like she would work on editing and I would batch my photos. So I would just spend like a whole day going through my photos. Also now I batch writing. So I'll do like roundup posts. I just get in that groove where it's like, systematized and I can just pop through and like add FAQs or keyword research. I get into the groove with keyword research as well. Podcasts. So today I have five podcast episodes that I'm recording back to back to back to back to back. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's like so efficient for me because I'm in the groove. I'm talking to people. I'm feeling social, you know, like my conversation skills are great. But if I put these like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'd have to like find that groove for each episode. So at the end of today, I'm going to be exhausted, but it's so worth it for me to just like have it all done. I don't have to think about it for two weeks now, just things like that. I try to think through every like major part of my business that I do. Can I batch this? If yes, then I try it. That's awesome. And I think that's a great thing for people who are already crunched for time too, right? Figuring out how you can do that. So, you know, again, if you put all your writing together or, you know, on Tuesday nights, you write three of your blog posts for the month. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's not fun always. It's not easy. Today's not an easy day, but at the end of it, you're like, oh, thank God that's done for a while. It just feels good and accomplished. But yeah, whatever works for you, you have to learn that whatever efficiency means for you. I think it's different for everyone, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Clearly I loved that point too. I love efficiency (laughs) and the comparison thing. So what is strategy number seven? Sure. Finding ways to multitask or get learning into your daily routine. So for me, I have a pretty long commute to the job site I'm on currently. So that's my learning time. I listen to podcasts to and from my day job. So I get an hour to an hour and a half of learning every single day, which is really, really fun and powerful. And for me, I feel like I've read thousands of books by just listening to people's free content, right? Yes. And there's so many ways you can do that. Like if you have a lunch break, can you do a course module that you're doing? Maybe that's a good time to fit that in. Or some people I know like to have podcasts in while they walk their dog because, Mm -hmm. you know, Fluffy has to go out every day, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, that can be something that works for you. And just finding those little nuggets of time 
where you can do that. I am not a person who can listen to podcasts and like do my work. Mm. But depending on what your day job is, you might be able to listen to podcasts while you're doing data entry or grading papers or, you know, whatever it is that you do. And it depends on you as a person. My best friend's husband literally listens to podcasts all day. And he listens to sports. It would drive me nuts, but he loves it, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, listening to sports podcasts. But, you know, just finding times to just continually learn and grow in your just day to day is a wonderful way to fit that in. Yeah, I love that so much. I have a question for you. Do you ever get to points where you're like kind of tapped out or like full of learning and just need like a commute that's quiet or music or something like that? Yep, 100%. Like if I've just had a day on my way home, that's probably when I'm more likely to just turn on music. Yeah. Because sometimes you just need to turn your brain off. And again, that's giving yourself grace to not feel like you you have to listen to podcasts on your drive, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you you know, listen to yourself, listen to your body and say, hey, I just need like 90s today and I'm just going to groove to that on the way home. Yeah, totally. I feel like I go through seasons like that where it'll be two weeks and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't listened to a podcast in two weeks. Is something wrong with me? But I think I just get to this point where I'm kind of tapped out and I am listening to myself. Like clearly I need a break for what I'm just like filled up. I can't take any more right now, but then I get back into it eventually. And so just not to be hard on yourself either and not to push it like, oh, I have to, yeah, like get in my car and I have to be listening to podcasts. Yeah, that definitely happens to me. It's like a seasonal thing. <laughs> well, and I, I think that's a great point with creating content too. Like if you need, a, I'm, we're going to talk about this again later, but like if you need a week off, take a week off. Your blog is not going to implode. Yes. Your social media won't fall apart. Like if you need time off, do that for you. And that's totally okay. Give yourself the okay to take time off. Yeah, Grace, this is like a a subtopic of our talk today. Grace, just having grace. Okay, let's go on to number eight. Sure. Being creative about income streams. So I kind of mentioned this earlier, but you don't have to do what everyone else is doing to make money in this space. There's so many fun and different ways you can, you know, make an income doing what you're doing. And you can have, it's good to have multiple income streams. So even before you can get ads on your blog, you know, you can do sponsor content. That's kind of an obvious one for people, but you can freelance. So you can freelance for businesses or other bloggers. A lot of people, you know, shoot the recipes for other bloggers because they love photography. And, you know, I think you've started getting some of that done on your blog, Megan. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that helps you too, right? Oh my gosh. It's huge. Yeah. So that's, you know, something amazing you can do. You can create courses or a downloadable resource that people can purchase from you if you're an expert on a topic. Um, That's a cool way to do things. People sell stock images. So, you know, some of those cool pictures that show up on your desktop, somebody took that. So you can sell those. I know Jenna just talked about this on one of the recent podcast episodes you did, but Pinterest rewards, Facebook Reels benefit, the Instagram Reels benefit. If, if you qualify for those and that's something that interests you, try it. And if it's not working, you can always stop. Yeah. And they can be really lucrative too. And people discount the ratio of like time invested versus money you get back. It can be very rewarding if it's worth looking into. Yeah, for sure. I, I know you have been doing really well on the Pinterest, you know, idea pin reward. Yeah. I did really great the first month I did it. And then I didn't read all the rules the second month. So oh. I did, <laughs> that's on me. <laughs> but I'm going for it again this month. Yeah. So just make sure you, you know, like know what qualifies each of those things, right? right? Yep. But some people make a ton of money on the Instagram reels too, yeah. right? Or Facebook reels. I know that's another opportunity out there. So it's something you can consider. You can do VA work. People always need VAs, right? Oh my gosh. It's so true. Yeah. So like if you love to write, Put it out into the universe and see who needs help getting their blog post written, right? Yep. Or Facebook link dropping. Since the summer, I've hired a VA to help me with that because I know nice. for my long-term goal of growing my blog, backlinks are important. Yeah. And I was sporadically doing it, and I found someone who can help me do it. So for what is worth it to me, it's not a high cost, and she, I get like 100 links dropped throughout the Facebook groups each month. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and I mean, I don't necessarily get a backlink from all of those, but it gives me an opportunity to get a backlink 
and I don't have to focus on it at all. You know, so there's lots of cool things you can do. So much opportunity. I'll just put this out there. I get probably at least three DMs a week about web stories. Megan, who do you know who creates web stories? And I don't know. Like I'm running out of people because there's so much demand for it. So if you are a blogger who loves to create Google web stories, please let me know. And there's (laughs) some money in the bank for you because I have like a long list of people who are lined up. So... That's awesome. Yeah, I know web stories are really important and they can really help you grow. They've been helping me. I know we talk about it on this blog a lot. Um, so get in on those and again, make make money on it if you love to do them. Yeah, and they're not that hard. It's like simple. They're Once you get into a groove, they're pretty simple, easy to make. So that is an opportunity right there for anyone listening. Okay, what about number nine? We kind of touched on this earlier, but I want to hear more. Yeah. So mindset, I feel like mindset is one of those terms that's getting used, like overly used right now. Like so in construction, greenwashing was a thing. So you're building things in an environmental way and it just kind of got used for like marketing or you like you see labels on foods, right? That you sometimes don't make sense. But I want to talk about mindset in a way that makes it personal to you, right? So really taking the time to know if you are maybe being negative or you have a lack mindset. So we talked about that earlier. Like there's no space for me here. There's, you know, there's no room for me to grow, blah, 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 blah. Like you don't need that in your life. Let's get rid of it, you know? So you can work on some of that because there's so much abundance out there and you can attract more and better things for yourself if you put your mind in a good space. And I know you've done a series with Lauren, uh, Lauren Runyon. She also has a podcast that's a resource I wanted to mention, Align and Expand podcast. Great podcast. Love it. Amazing. It's so good. And there's two episodes on there. There's Affirmations for Goals and Success. I have used that. I use it all the time. the money one, yes. The money one, too. And the money affirmations for wealth and abundance. Yep. Literally listen to those as you're falling asleep. Listen to them as you drive. Find new mantras or phrases that really resonate with you. And if you're hearing them and believing them and starting to really feel it, those things will come to you. And those are free. You can just go get those on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Words are so powerful. And think thoughts too, both of them, your words and your thoughts create your reality. So if you are just like do an audit of what your thoughts and your words are for a day. And I think a lot of us would be surprised at what we say and what we think about ourselves and our businesses. And if it's negative, like you said, Meredith, change it. If it, if you need to do the affirmations thing or write your own scripts, just know that like what you're saying is going to become true, going to come true. So I love this one. It's a huge Something that I talk about a lot, as you probably know, just like people disregard this one too. Like, oh, I need to work on keyword research and SEO and they get all of those ducks lined up, but then they discount what they're actually saying about themselves and their businesses, right? Yeah. Yep. And then they don't understand why they're not calling in all this good stuff because you're putting out all this bad stuff, right? Yeah. So, you know, open, open up your world to good things by really taking the time to get your head in a good spot. And under this bullet point in the next one, I just wrote therapy with an exclamation point. (laughs) I'm a huge advocate for therapy. People don't talk about it. I know it's kind of, you know, a controversial topic in some circles. But if you need help, seek help, right? I think it's important. It has changed my life personally, especially postpartum. I had a lot of anxiety stuff happen. There's a lot of hormones going on there. But therapy has been life-changing for me and I know for a lot of people. So I'm going to be here, again, to give you permission, right? Yes. So if you need help, <laughs> if, you, if you need help, seek it out. And, like, if you ever have questions about therapy, like, I am not a therapist, but I'm happy to, you know, talk to you about my experience because I know some people aren't open to doing that. Yeah. So if people are just like, hey, what do you really do in therapy? Like, I can tell you yeah. what I've done in therapy. That's fine. But I just wanted to put that in mindset because I think, you know, if you can heal past traumas or heal things that maybe you don't even know exist in the back of your mind, right, your life can change for the better. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. And thank you for sharing that. I think it is a topic that we need to talk about more and 
I don't really know why it's a topic that we feel like we can't talk about because it's a good thing. It's there to help you and help you grow. And so, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, Meredith. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm here to tell you mental health matters. Woohoo! It does. It so matters. We need to have a follow-up episode on that because it's so important. Yeah. If you want to be a successful human, but like a successful food blogger and business person, it's so important. Yeah. And I mean, if you're not ready to do therapy, that's okay. But, you know, look at other ways you can better yourself. So, I mean, another resource I had written down here is like, you are a badass at making money by Jen Scenario. I actually don't love her writing style personally, but it's a, you know, has wonderful points in this book, right? Yeah. You know, and to help you really kind of dig into, oh, I heard this growing up and that's actually affecting me as an adult, you know, and kind of finding those things and digging those things out. And I think she has a whole series that you can get into, you know, but there's other books like that too, or podcasts like that, that you can listen to, or Lauren, she has her embodied framework program. Like I I was in her first cohort and that was life-changing for me. And I know she, as we're recording this, she's just starting her second cohort and it's fun because I know all of the women who are doing it because I talked about it so much. <laughs> so oh, awesome. I have several friends doing it now. And even after their first one, they're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. You know, so yeah. if, you know, therapy scares you or that doesn't fit for your lifestyle, that's fine. But I think no matter who you are, you can look into yourself and ask yourself big questions to improve your life and your business and everything. Mm, So well said. So that kind of leads to number 10, which is self-care and breaks are important, even when you're grinding. (laughs) So, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but taking care of yourself is not selfish. You cannot pour from an empty cup. So if you're filling your cup alongside building your business and your work and momming and, you know, whatever else you have going on in your life, you're just going to show up as your best self. So for me, one of the things I was originally sacrificing that I realized was hurting me as a person and business owner was I wasn't exercising. Exercise has always been a huge part of my life. But I think through, you know, being a new mom and a pandemic and all that, that just kind of fell to the wayside. And then I was trying to build my business and not I wasn't prioritizing exercise. And now I'm exercising three days a week and feel like myself and feel better. And I feel like I'm showing up better than I was. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, you know, maybe that's yoga. Maybe that's just a me day. Maybe that's going to get a pedicure or taking 30 minutes to read a book every night. You know, whatever it is for you that fills you up and makes you feel good. You know, adding that again to your priority list, self-care should be a priority. You know, it's not all facials and, you know, bubble baths Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Like it can like, eating a healthy meal. It can be, you know, taking a walk with my dog, holding hands with my husband, you know, like whatever it is, like make sure you are also integrating that into your life and making sure life continues to happen even while you build your business. Mm, Another important message of mine that I like to share too. Yeah. And I always notice, do you notice this too? Like if you fall, falter with some of your self-care things that are really important that you start noticing, like it'll show up as for me as like anxiety or like I'll start to feel that burnout coming on or like just bad things start to like bubble up a little bit. hundred percent. And I think that's what was happening, happening with me when I wasn't getting into do like a harder exercise. And I, I like to do heavy lifting. I, I'm not like a bodybuilder by any means, but like I like to lift heavy stuff because yeah, it makes same. me feel I love it awesome, too. right? Yep. And I'm now doing that three days a week versus doing yoga, you know, once or twice a week. So I'm just getting a lot more movement, and and for me, it's just you know higher impact, and that's just making me feel awesome and excited and less grumpy and yes, more tolerable to right. be around, <laughs> right? Right. Yep, that's another signal for me. Is like, why am I so irritable? And then I think, oh yeah, I haven't worked out yet this week need to do that. <laughs> so it's good to know like what your signs are, your little signals that it's like you trying to communicate with you like, okay, Megan, start doing those things that you know you need to be doing. Yeah. So, kind awesome. of with the last point in this point, just being self-aware, right? That's going to help you be your best self and 
grow. And it's also going to help you build your business, right? So understanding how, like what you're sharing is helping people or, you know, coming off to the world, being self-aware is just going to help you. Yeah. Have you read, since you like consuming stuff so much, have you read Gary Vaynerchuk's new book, 12 and a Half? Ooh, I haven't yet. Okay. I think you'll really like it because he talks about a lot of the things that you talked about today, like self-awareness, just like the elements of business that you wouldn't think of as elements, like gratitude, yeah, like self-care and all of that. So it's it's really good. Ooh, I I'm going to definitely it. check that out. It's very new, I would say, within the past six months or so. But yeah, there we go. Okay, Meredith, thank you. Is there anything as we wrap up like that you, we've forgotten on any of your strategies that you want to mention? I think just like to wrap it up, it just, I know when you're building a business, especially when you're doing it on the side, it just feels like you always have to do all these things. And I think the main point is you don't, you can have a, you know, thriving, successful, amazing business by prioritizing, setting realistic goals, you know, and being aware of how it's affecting your life and how it's fitting into your life because it shouldn't take over, right? Like, and that's the balancing act we're all trying to perfect, right? So just trying to find the balance and grace to know that it's going to be good. You're doing awesome. And apparently I've given you permission to do lots of things today. So that's what I'm going to end with. To say goodbye to a lot of things and add a lot of good things, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. This has been so fun, Meredith. I've loved connecting with you in this way. Thank you so much for sharing all of your value today. We appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to be here. Oh, loved our chat. Okay, do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with? I do. It is, happiness cannot be traveled to, owned, earned, worn, or consumed. Happiness is the spiritual experience of living every minute with love, grace, and gratitude. And that's from Dennis Waitley. Oh my gosh, I love that. I need to listen to that again. That was amazing. Great way to end. Thank you so, so much. We'll put together a show notes page for you, Meredith. So if anyone wants to look at those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash our love language is food. And we'll put all of those amazing resources that you mentioned. I know you have lots of stuff that you like to listen to and read. So we'll put all of those in there as well. Okay. Remind everyone where they can find you online, social media, et cetera. Sure. So you can find me at ourlovelanguageisfood.com. That's my blog. And then on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Our Love Languages Food. I hang out on Instagram the most. I will open up my DMs to you because I am 1000% the person, if I like a podcast episode, will send a DM and say, oh my gosh, I loved hearing you know what you had to share. So if you want to slip into my DMs, come say, hey, I would love to chat with you. Awesome. Thanks again, Meredith. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.